G'day guys, welcome back. Joel Seach, Harpel Financial Group Principal Advisor. We've got Arnie, tax professional here. And Brad, generalist and startup guy. And welcome back to Money in the Tank. This is episode 36, yeah, fellas. 36. Yeah, we're uh, we're back, we're consistent, we're every week, and uh, it's all <laughs> happening. And it's uh this week, this week's episode is all about tax time. Uh, some great hot tips for you guys in terms of general uh, information. So make sure you seek tax professional help uh, for your own personal circumstances. We've got some great general tips for you guys today to cover off on. Um, we've got some cool hot news items and things in the media um, going on with Arnie's hot take section. And uh, Brad will give us a bit of a crypto update and information on all things crypto. So uh, look forward to catching up with you guys today and uh, going through all the bits and pieces happening in the news of the world at the moment. Just before we dive into it, if you want to get us, it's at Money in the Tank on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please leave like, comments, descriptions, any Q&As or 50-50s you want for us. And I will just stress once again, this is for educational purposes only. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Safe as houses there, Arnie. And speaking, of, houses. And speaking of education, education of uh, old mate Riv, Riv here, Rivkin's <laughs> Rules, educational stockbroking book here. I'm going to flick open to page number 123. Uh-oh. Renee on, Renee on politics. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Politic, here we go. Page 126. Political power is largely illus illusory. All power is largely illusory. Consider the world's most powerful man, Bill Clinton. He did not have the power to stop an investigation into his sexual pleasure. God. <laughs> this book is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. And letting everyone know that obviously Bill Clinton, uh, not the world's most powerful man at the moment, but was. No, this friend book of, was written in 98 or something, but yeah. That's, friend uh, of the pod, friend of the pod, uh, Bill Clinton. That's so good. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you know, without going down a rabbit hole, old Bill was... Uh, brought up with um uh, what's the name the janae maxwell um uh, thing He's yeah yeah yeah. 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 Okay. yeah he was sort of a yeah, friend so yeah i've read the same cycle so you can't bill, have... bill clinton no longer a friend of the pod no no he's out is it he was bill clinton and uh and trump was uh caught up with glenn maxwell yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm sure he'd be yeah. very disappointed to be not a friend of the pod anymore but uh oh, i mean it's gonna be the down, down of his week oh good so that book just yeah just keeps on giving but anyway um so i'll tell you what let's uh let's dive into some uh tax stuff just general in nature talk about some hot tips for in the financial year for people to be cognizant of and uh, be mindful of for educational purposes for you guys today. So who wants to start us off with their general uh, bit of info on tax time? Oh, I'll go first. Happy to go first. So the two that I wanted to mention to the tank. Well, you are the tax professional. Hey, that's right. Hey. I guess, um, again, tax professional, but not qualified to give advice. If you want advice, go see Jolie or someone else outside of the pod. But um, <laughs> Lots of coverage there, Arnie. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I think like two two ones that are probably topical. I'm thinking about or well, one that people sort of catches people out but can do anyway is the Medicare levy surcharge. So basically, just ensuring tankers that you have adequate private health insurance if you meet those thresholds. And I forget what the thresholds are exactly. If it's something for singles and double that for couples or whatever. But if you don't have adequate hospital cover, not extras and ancillary covers, then you will be copying the Medicare levy surcharge. And it's kind of I think it works out like once you hit a certain point in your salary, it works out like cost effective to have that coverage. You may as um, well just have it. That's you may as well just have it. Key. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's to incentivize Australians to be covered by private health so that it relieves the burden on the Medicare system. So that's one of my top tax tips. And the other one is 
I think it gives um, you about, uh, depending on your income and age, you're eligible for a tax offset of up to 32.8% on your health insurance. So that's how it on. works. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends up working out. I mean, if you are in the top tax bracket, it ends up working out that like nearly worse off if you didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. So you not even in the top, not even in the top, Brad. I think even like in the middle, it works out. It starts to middle, work out worse. Yeah. Middle is the best. Point. Yeah. When you get too high, be mindful for people that, you know, earn over a certain amount to potentially don't claim the offset during the year because you're not getting slugged at the end of the year. If you feel like you're going to have a better year than you might have previously done so. But in that sweet spot is in that middle area, I believe, Zani was suggesting. Yep, that's spot on. And then the other top tip I wanted to give was working from home. So there's a few different methods you can use to deduct your um, work expenses if you've been working from home. I know that the ATO has said that they're going to leave for this year, for the 2022 income tax year, the shortcut method, which allows you to claim, I think it's like 80 cents per um, hour works in, in, in your house. Or I have to go back and look at the exact rules. But if you can't do one thing to be mindful of with that is that's all encompassing, meaning that if you made any major purchases like uh, an office chair, for example, or a computer screen or something like that along those lines, you are not allowed to separately claim those um, if you use a shortcut method. Yeah, if you shortcut 80 cents each hour, aren't dog? Yeah, thanks. From work from home, yep. And so that means that if you want to claim um, the cost of those items, anything up to $300 can be claimed immediately in that year. If it's over $300, it has to be depreciated over its useful life. So there's a different, there's a few different tools on the ATO website you can use. As the, uh, I think it's called the depreciation and capital allowances tool. And you can look up like what your asset is and you can look at the prime cost method, which is straight line or the diminishing value method to depreciate it over its useful life. And that also would mean that you'd have to calculate, you know, the different working from home expenses like internet, phone, uh, the energy costs for heating your house, cleaning costs, things like that. So it's something to take into account, um, you know, for your own individual set of circumstances. So those are my two tips, boys. Good ones. Love it. Love Solid. it. Uh, so my two tips. My first one is <laughs> probably more related to, uh, you know, came to mind around crypto trading um, and around, first of all, make sure you keep good records of all your crypto trades. All right. So first of all, you know, your similar to equities, um, you know, what is your cost base? When did you buy them? Um, when did you get rid of them? Was the any, platform, rid of them? any platforms to do that better than others, Brad, in terms of helping track your history of transactions? Yeah, and- I mean, there is, um, I mean, the, the crypto exchanges and stuff, because people buy across different exchanges and sometimes cold wallets and move stuff on and off and the rest of it, they're all pretty bad at, actually, <laughs> I've got to be honest, um, they're all pretty bad at, at tracking and providing um you know, reporting and documentation. No, no, and no, there's none that are great at doing consolidated reporting. No, but there is app, there's a free app called My Portfolio that I personally use, um, MSP on, on the App Store, both or the iStore and the App Store. would be a friend of the pod if they might come on board for some uh, sponsorship. Sponsorship. They do also have a, a premium version um, that syncs automatically or you can manually sync and keep backups just pressing the sync button, which I do, um, save myself a nice five ninety nine a year. Um, <laughs> but um, what that allows you to do is just every single time you buy or sell, you can just input your buy or sell into it, and it calculates everything. And then you can okay. just say, "Hey, end of tax year, Ooh. show me basically my, you know, what the activities more report." And then obviously you can work out from there. Great tip. Just hand that over, either do it yourself or uh, hand that over to your your tax professional. And they'll be able to kind of ascertain your um, 
obviously tax payable or not on uh, on the crypto. But um, we have had a wild year in crypto. And, uh, you know, we hit the high of about 68,000 US, nearly 100,000 Australian uh, back in November. And we are currently sitting around 19,000. And so if you did have some big, big wins this year, um, you know, personally had some big wins in the first half of the year. Um, I looked across my portfolio and uh, you can look at taking some losses to obviously reduce your overall um, payable CDT on, on your overall income. A um, few things to do, probably either if you do it yourself, make sure you go to the ATO website and uh, have a look at it because there's a few things like, for instance, um, like a wash sale. So, you know, I've had a few friends of mine just say, oh, you know, I'm selling some uh, X asset in crypto um, to counteract the losses that I'm buying back straight back in. Um, that's called a wash sale, <laughs> not allowed. Um, so make sure you go and do a little bit of research around that because as much as you might be thinking that you are, um, you know, benefiting yourself, you could end up with a nice little uh, nice little thing from, from the ATO um, if you can order <laughs> not, it, et cetera. Not friendly towards that one. Not, not, yeah, not, to not, say not friendly. Not a friend of the pod. Not a friend um, of the pod. <laughs> uh, what I will say is they are very... Um, no, I mean, I very mean the, wash, the, wash sale, the wash sale is not a friend of the pod. No, no, it's uh, not no, at all. No, no. 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 Um, the wash sale, not friend of the pod, not friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I mean, you know, just uh, just on that one to extend a bit more, if you had been outside Australia like myself, your cost base starts when you enter the country again. And that's just similar to equities. Um, so crypto, I found out, you know, that crypto is the same as other assets. It depends on when you leave the country for tax purposes and when you enter the country for tax purposes. Um, and my other so sort of one country to the other, it kind of changes, does it? Yeah, correct. So if I'm being outside Australia for tax purposes as a resident and I yep. come back in 1st of December last year as a tax resident um, yep. for income purposes, that is the time that I have to uh, calculate I have to from. go off and calculate all my assets as of that day. So a um, few losses, few losses in Australia. Um, from December, <laughs> it turned out that December 1st, the price of crypto yeah. was quite high. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not gaming the system there, friend no. of the pod. And uh, also, yeah, a couple of losses we were saying before the pod, you can actually carry those forward indefinitely, I believe, or the seven, uh, seven, seven year rule. But um, so if you do have uh, losses this year, as an example, and they there's nothing to offset they might carry forward and you've got some gains in future years that could be potentially be offset in that. In Unless that you're classified frame. as a trader and you're taking those losses where you're trying to get your um, income from. What's it called, Arnie? It's like, a in, it's like revenue account. Ordinary income it would be if you're a Yeah, trader, ordinary uh, income. So if you have a loss, you get a, bit, you get a big tax break. But um, yeah, that's only for if you kind of are an active trader. Trader, yeah. Um, and then my other one is the concept of a discretionary trust. So if there's people out there that have assets, um or I'd just like to say assets um, in a family um, environment and um, the sale of those assets occurred, for instance, um, and you had a discretionary trust set up, you are able to, and it's going to be benefiting the whole family and it's for the whole family. Um, for instance, you are, are able to set up beneficiaries of the trusts um, and that could be anybody over the age of 18 um, that's directly related to you. Um, so no children, people, because under 18, obviously, but if they're over 18, um, can be children as well um, and what that allows is for that asset so instead of let's just hypothetically say you had an asset and you sold it for a, a million dollars and that asset would have generated CGT um, instead of taking on that whole million dollars as your own individual 
um, income uh, for tax purposes. And then obviously what happens with your tea, you are able to uh, basically flow that through to the beneficiary and share it across from a tax perspective. So if someone's earning maybe 50,000 a year, someone's earning 100,000 a year and someone's earning nothing, you're able to spread that across and uh, basically balance out and reduce your taxable income as it is obviously shared between the uh, different beneficiaries. And that does not mean that you can flow through money to somebody and then basically just grab it back off them to try and save some tax. It's uh, not meant for that. Not allowed for that. No. Not allowed for that. But they're my... Uh, Great. Love it. They're my two. Good work. Tips. Good work. Um, so in terms of uh, tips for my end, a couple of super ones. So super contribution limits. So you've got the ability to do personal contributions to super and sometimes depending on your income you might be able to receive a government co-contribution for that um, up to five hundred dollars for a thousand depending on what your income is for the year so potentially if there's a lower earning uh, member of a couple um, or your income's not going to be as significant for this financial year that can help uh, and then con uh, contributions so personal contributions to super you're allowed to do one hundred and ten thousand per financial year up to 330 as a bring forward rule as, uh, over three years um, uh, and then they're, they're probably the more tax deductible one or the, the actual uh, one that's used for tax deduction purposes can be the concessional contributions. So um, there's an allowable limit of 27,500 uh, per financial year, so per person. Um, and potentially if there's any unused concessional caps, which is a new rule that's come in a couple of years ago, um, for anything back from 2018 to 2019 financial years and later, if you haven't used up your $27,500 of concessional contribution, you've potentially got the ability to bring that back and catch up and use the unused caps over that period of time, as long as your balance of super is no greater than $500,000 for the 30 June prior window. So there's uh, some pretty um, uh, helpful contribution limits there for people that might be in a situation where they've got a large capital gain or they've got um, a larger gross income for the year and they don't think that um, you know, they're going to be as higher income, let's say, in future years, they could potentially use that catch-up concessional contribution to really maximise um, um, some, some super contributions as one and tax savings too, well within the, the rules of the, the limits that, that have been set by the government. So um, that's a pretty cool one that maybe not everyone knows about. So it's similar to salary sacrifice, but it's just a deductible contribution. Um, Prepaying interest. So if you, again, if you think you're going to have a, a higher income this year, potentially, and a lower income in the following year, you might be, you know, um, eligible for bonuses or commissions or whatnot. You can prepay any deductible interest that you might have. So if you've got an investment property or you've got something with tax deductible interest, you can bring forward 12 months of um, tax deductions and make a claim in the financial year whether you've got the higher income. So just a hypothetical, if you were going to earn 150 this year, thousand but next year you think you're only going to earn 75, then you potentially can do that as well. Um, and so that, that's to do well, I guess, prepaying interest. And that sort of coincides with negative gearing. So negative gearing where you've got an investment, whether it's gearing into investments using uh, like stocks, using borrowed funds, um, or potentially an investment property. If there's a negative um, gearing of the income that's generated and the outgoing of the, um, the interest paid, then that difference can be the, the, the difference, difference that's, or sorry, the interest is tax deductible anyway. And cash flow, positive cash flow, negative is a different scenario. But if you've got interest borrowed, sorry, borrowed funds to um, use on investments, that interest is tax deductible when it's to do with an investment, uh, whether it's a property or, or stocks. Um, so yeah, cash flow, positive cash flow, negative is a different scenario. So I think we've spoken about it on the podcast before. When it comes to investment property, 
as an example, you can have um, a cash flow positive property just when you're looking at it from, you know, I've got my rental expenses, I've got my interest expenses, I've got my insurance expenses and management costs. Um, but that's still, you know, that, that might cost you 22 grand a year, but your rental property is giving you 25. You, you're in a cash flow positive situation, but then potentially some, sometimes people don't realize that, that you've got what's called depreciation that you can add on top of that. And depreciation isn't an outgoing expense that you need to physically pay. It's depreciation running off the lifetime of the buildings and the works on the property. So that can sometimes be an additional thing that makes you go from a cash flow positive to potentially a neutral position. Um, so that's just something to be mindful of when it comes to depreciation. But um, yeah, so negative gearing is, is one of those things that uh, will be deductible on borrowed funds. Um, and income protection, if you hold an income protection policy in your own name, that is deductible as well. So outside of super, outside of super, yeah, right? outside of super. So superannuation, I'm coming that, with that one, Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> superannuation super. will claim the deduction on your behalf if it's held um, by the superannuation fund. They, they claim the tax deduction at 15%. Um, when it's held in your own name, it's deductible at your marginal tax rate. So depending on what tax bracket you are, any income protection premiums in your own name will be tax deductible at your MTR. Good tips, boys. There's one thing I wanted to add on to Brad's tip, actually, about record keeping, because he did mention specifically cryptocurrency. But there's one that oh, I've been... Equities. Yeah, well, I was about to say there's one I've been using for equities, and I want to give a bit of a shout out. And also say, like, we're not affiliated with them, so this is not like a... So they're not a formal friend of the pod. Yeah, they're an informal friend of the pod. We're not being paid to promote their business. Happy to be affiliated if they want to come on board. Uh, Yeah, for sure. But I use one called ShareSite, and I have used their free service for a number of years, and I've recently purchased their... Because they've got, like, tiered plans... The uh, I, model worked. I gotta, go. say, I gotta say, man, it's a really great product. So, it, it, unfortunately, they do not track cryptocurrency, but if it's equities, what you're after, uh, the reports they generate are top notch, especially for this kind of time of year, tax time. So, yeah, that was a big, big. Uh, I used to use something else, and um, unfortunately, it didn't track like options, warrants, crypto, a whole bunch of stuff, just, just standard equities. Um, yeah, I think so. you need a bit more than that. And also, currencies like fx on on your positions i think that's a really big one that people forget about and ShareSite does that so good share site yeah cool. all right, unaffiliated boys. friend of the pod hashtag them in <laughs> link them arnie and then uh you never know unaffiliated <laughs> friend of the pod <laughs> unaffiliated friend of the pod just like uh, the other one that i put up <laughs> i forget what we said but yeah you feel said free, free to be pilot. affiliated yeah yeah of course that's <laughs> so good <laughs> so hopefully that uh those tax tips helps people with some general information uh so general nature don't forget seek your own personal tax help um <laughs> yeah, i love helps. the amount of disclaimers on this, this episode <laughs> boy, that, it's, great. It's, it's, a, it. it's, it's a heavy disclaimer pod this one um <laughs> so hopefully that helps people with some uh general overview of educational tax tips that they can think about and talk with their tax accountant or tax professional uh, and uh, take into account their own personal situation. And uh, yeah, yell out if you have any questions on that or uh, any, any, uh, any, anything, any feedback that you want to hear about. That's it. So I guess we're, for, we're flowing into uh, the crypto breakdown with Brad and then I'll hit with the rapid fire. Unfortunately, no Brad Santabono this week, Pankers, but he'll be back shortly. But he'll be back very shortly. It's been a bit of a crazy one on the outside world. <laughs> yeah. So let me just uh, share the old screen. Standard. Mm-hmm. Standard coin market cap, boom. How are we doing? What we got? A bit of a volatile week. I oh, shit. You know. Oh, shit, cracking. Seven cracking. day, seven Look day gains. Up 10% back into the top 16. <laughs> cracking it. Uh, Bitcoin, it's been an interesting one. Uh, you had, obviously, 
the soothsayers out there uh, saying if it dropped below 20,000, it's going to drop to 8,000 straight away. And all these you know, media articles it certainly dropped a number of times below 20 and 19,000. Um, but it's just been volatile. Um, no real big news this week other than uh, the Australian government's confirmed that cryptocurrencies will continue to be excluded um, from foreign currency tax arrangements. Um, so it just came out. Um, and it's basically just stating that it will continue being looked at as an asset. I think it came off the back of uh, during the financial year, uh, little countries over in uh, South America claiming it as a uh, as a currency or, a, you know, a, I forget the actual terminology, um, as a formal currency over in El Salvador. Um, and the ATO just come out and said that, uh, obviously, they're not looking at it as a, uh, a foreign currency. So it's just... Bit of news for the uh, tankers around tax time, Arnie. Um, other news, really, this continued fallout and uh, America's put uh, put a bunch of the uh, Luna, Terra Luna Labs staff on no-fly lists. So I don't think they're going to be visiting the US anytime soon. Um, continued fallout from um, Celsius, but... I've actually had some friends return some money, so that looks like liquidity may be returning there, but it'll be interesting to see what actually ends up ends up happening there. But uh, the mover and shakers this week, um, SHIB, uh, <laughs> Unis, Unis said Leo, I have no idea what uh, that that number 14, I'll have a look into it, is. Um, and so that I am, I'm not one of those uh, YouTube or podcast people that like to... Uh, make recommendations on their own opinions uh, and only talk about the good times. Uh, you have Cardano this week, which is actually down more than uh, the rest of the alts. So I do like to be transparent and not just talk about when things go well, um, but also the weeks that uh, take a bit. No real reason. Um, I just think the market's going to be going sideways until we get new inflation numbers, we get kind of interest rates um, and whatever happens to uh growth tech stocks um, around the upcoming kind of multiples and, and kind of forecasts. But uh, yep. So you think Bitcoin, the uh, sticking point for BTC is that 20K mark? Did it sort of I think, look, just I, uh, under? For yeah, look, I there? think it's going to be trading between 18 and 22 in its new band um, until obviously there's some more news. So whether that's earning calls of tech stocks, whether that's um, inflation, interest rate discussions, I think if the kind of NASDAQ and, and growth tech stocks continue the downward slide and people believe they've still got probably a little bit in them. Um, I think we still will see kind of Bitcoin that kind of continue down and settle once. Once the public markets settle, I think we'll see Bitcoin settle and then determine where it goes from there, whether it stays correlated or not. The fear or the thing that the, thing that the bears are hypothesizing, right, is that if there are many major firms, like we've talked about in the past, that are holding assets like Bitcoin on leverage, and they don't have the extra collateral to deposit to back up that position as the price falls, that might call a huge sell. That might cause a huge sell-off. Sorry, which will then take yeah. the price right. So, I, I mean, think- there's always. I think there's always the the, the theories, right? I mean, micro strategy. Uh, the theory was that everyone thought a hundred percent. There was even you know, news articles on Bloomberg and CNN and the rest of it that their core position was twenty one thousand. If it dropped below twenty one thousand three hundred, then micro strategy was going to have to get a margin called liquidate and um you know then Sailor came out and said you know they've got other assets they can do and all the rest of it and their their actual cost base is about three thousand that'll have to drop below so it's it's very um there's a lot of you know uh you know I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the, the term fun 
um, not <laughs> as a not as a way of dismissing the risk because there is certainly a risk around that. Yeah, but there is always a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt out there in the markets when things are going down, and then there's always stupid amounts of you know positiveness and uh, optimism when it's going up. Um, that's just the one thing to kind of be aware of. But there are going to be, I mean, depending on what companies are holding what coins on their balance sheet at what kind of margin loans. Um, yeah, of course. That's I, was, a possibility. I was sort of thinking to myself last night as I was driving that the media at the moment are just, or they're generally just nuts anyway. And coming <laughs> hey, off the back, coming off the back of yeah, Brad's comment there, I was thinking last night, the media will drum things up. And for the Joe Blow regular person looking at the media, it's never as bad as they're making it out to be. Never, ever. And it's never as good. It's it's yeah. it's always somewhere in that kind of moderate range where they're glorifying whether things are down. Um, but then the funny thing is it's never as good, but then they don't, they won't tend to point out the good. And that's the thing is they won't tend to Bad tell you sells, right? things have recovered or things are ticking along well. Sometimes they get a bit overexcited about the market or property or whatever, but they'll love, they love a bloodbath. They love telling And they love you, a comment from a, mm. you know, an SME of a, whether it's equities or SME on property or SME mm. on crypto, they love to find, because you always have different opinions yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So Peter Schiff, for instance, who's a goldmonger and <laughs> uh, a very bad Twitter person in terms of what he says sometimes, um, he lives not in reality, personal opinion. Um, you know, he was kind of ignored, you know, he was kind of brought in on as it went up as like a voice talking about crypto. Now crypto is going down. The media is pumping him yeah. into mm. that. And so the media just loves grabbing headlines, right? Mm. So they'll say something like, you know, my lovely wife, Amy, walked into the room the other day and she's like, did you know that after crypto goes down under 20, it's going to go down to 3,000? Mm. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> really? Bitcoin? Mm. She's like, yeah, yeah, news.com.au said it. I was like... They love bloodbath, they love doomsday, you know, anything like that. So they also love the pump. It's all about human psychology, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they love it. Wanna... So if everybody's on the crypto train, they'll pump an article saying it's going to 300,000. Yeah. And it's going back down, it's going to zero. Yeah. And so, so there's actually a, um, a, a funny website called, oh, I'll find out the name. It's like BTC to zero. And it go, it's, media, it's how many times the media has said over the last 10 years, how many times Bitcoin is going to zero. Yeah. It's... What are you it's, doing? What, what, what about you, Jolly? The Baron of Bitcoin, the Earl of Ethereum. Are you diamond handing it? What are you doing? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. It's uh, Yeah, the, the diamond hands is there. The, the, the interesting thing as well, <laughs> what I was thinking about when you guys were chatting before is another thing for people to be mindful of is when things are crazy and even when things are good, don't get overexcited in terms of how well things are and this is what you're sitting on. And don't also get too down in the doldrums when things go down. And you don't need to look at things every day if you're not trading actively. If you're trading yeah. actively, it's different. But yeah, I don't, I don't even bother looking at it to be honest. It's just there, you know. It's one of those things that's going to be there in the background. Inevitably, you know, if it's a good investment or a good asset, it'll come up. Um, if it. it's not, then you move on. I'm but, just going to be sharing screen really, really quickly. Sorry, but uh, yeah, go for it. Here it is. It's, uh... <laughs> ah, Bitcoin. Ninety-nine bitcoins. Okay. It's uh, actually Bitcoin obituaries. Uh, so Bitcoin has died 455 times, people. Okay. Um, over the course of uh, over the course of ever, you can kind of go over here. And the click on times, all. Click on all at the top there, bro. Boomski. It's pretty messy. That's yeah. how many times Bitcoin. So for the people listening uh, to the pod, not watching, so it's uh, 99 bitcoins. I think is the website.com, and it tells you how many times Bitcoin has died over the history of Bitcoin. 
which is probably what people have said in the media, right? Like Bitcoin's going to zero and there's a and, lot of dots there. And, and as there, you can what, see, what it's got like 2012, 2012 all the way through to 2022. It's literally, for oh, those yeah. that aren't listening to the pod, it's a graph of the Bitcoin price. And then air, literally there's not a really a spot on that graph that hasn't got a red dot about yeah. when Bitcoin's going to die. So, you know, the latest uh, latest one here is uh, June 19th, 2022. I love how they uh, say in there what qualifies, what yeah, what qualifies, qualifies. in the obituary. That's so good. As to <laughs> a prime source of Bitcoin obituaries, we use the following. The content itself, not just headline, must be explicit about the fact that Bitcoin is or will be worthless. No maybe or could. And the content was produced by a person with notable following or a site with substantial traffic. So it's not just like, it's not, it might be a friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Informal. so I mean, look, at the end of the day, I mean, it could go, who knows? But uh, just like an equity can go zero, um, just be mindful of what Joel said, which is the media loves, loves to ramp up and ramp down. So it's old mate Buffett be uh, greedy when people are fearful, fearful people are greedy. Yep. Yeah, he would, he would say that. All right. Time for rapid fire, boys, or what? Rapid fire. I've right, got a couple of go. add-ons to yours as well, Arnie. Yeah, yeah. Just, just jump in with any rapid fires when you want. I think this is a, the funniest one that I saw, which I wanted to start with, was hedge fund manager Cliff Asnes announced a new short position in AMC on Wednesday. And he said, and I quote, I dare all the meme stock maniacs to try and hurt us. <laughs> so he's goading, he's goading the apes, for lack of a better term, uh, which I thought was funny as. So apes I have a little bit less liquidity. It's days. a very... <laughs> It's a bit nefarious from that bloke to try and go retail into like taking the other side of the bet. I feel like it's, someone should investigate that guy. Um, anyway, see what happens there. So, um, I just hope but, he's like a, a retail ape that's worth a couple of bills that sold some crypto and it's like, yeah, okay. AMC, here we go, baby. There we go. So, uh, there was a few comments from Fed Chair Powell, and I've got mm. a few of them, a few, few picked out here, but he said that there's no, in brackets, Putin, Putin's price hike. So he's broken with Biden on the inflation narrative. Uh, another interesting one, Nissan to partner potentially with Warbox, which is ticker WBX, to offer home charging solutions for EVs. Uh, the US has filed for a superseding indictment against Nikola Corp founder Trevor Milton, adding a new wire fraud charge. Comcast, NBC Universal, and Google are among the front runners to partner with Netflix to facilitate their ad-supported tier. Uh, that's per the Wall Street Journal. Powell, when asked about a 100 basis point hike, says they will never take anything off the table. But he did say that he was sort of convinced to come up to 75. He, he also, also said... Oh, sorry. Go on. He also... Wait, no, you go. What were you going to say? I was going to say US recession is certainly a possibility. And I, I found that... And it's very challenging to achieve a soft landing. I found the next one... Probably the, my funniest one for the week, Arnie. Yeah. Inflation is obviously surprised to the upside over the past year, and further surprises could be in store. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jay Power. Um, one, one for you, what? Brad, which I almost mentioned earlier in the pod, was he said that they are not seeing systemic risk from cryptocurrencies. So meaning if that leverage scenario plays out like we mentioned and it does go to zero, he's not seeing it. He doesn't, he doesn't think it's going to bleed into the wider economy and asset classes. Gary Ginsler won't be very happy there. No, he will not. And here's my, here's my one Tesla Elon one for the week. Um, Tesla to suspend most production at their Shanghai plant in the first two weeks of July to upgrade the site per an internal memo that's come out. And one, one big, I cough a bit of bullshit on that one. I reckon. (laughs) One, one I don't think it's tech upgrade within the first year and a half of them opening. I think it's got a lot more to do with a bit of our politics. No, no. Elon is an informal friend of the pod. Tesla, informal friend of the pod. Sorry, we believe Elon. everything they say. <laughs> um, 
and this is what this is my last one, boys. So feel free to chime in afterwards. But there was news recently that the uh, the low cost or no cost broker in Australia and New Zealand and potentially other places is now going to offer securities lending. However, it's doing it on an opt out basis. So if you hold assets in stake, they are going to lend out your securities and then give you a slice, a portion of any income they earn on that. So it's a little bit, in my mind, a little bit nefarious because one, they're not being transparent about what kind of rate they're gonna be getting for lending out those shares and or how much they're gonna give you. Maybe they'll address that later on. Uh, but also there was, the way it, the way it's sold and the way it's been talked about is like so saying you have to opt into allow uh, have to opt into allowed or no no everyone's automatically opted automatic. in and you have to opt out so I, I don't oh, wow. I, I don't like that kind of business practice yeah uh, they're basically forcing people who are too lazy or not aware of it to you know put their stocks at risk and that's the thing they don't really address in my opinion or they have not addressed yet to be fair to them is what's what's the risk here and there's I, I'm going to read out this little small disclaimer they buried at the bottom of their um of their release was there is a risk that the borrower can return your stocks. If this happens and the value of collateral is less than the value of your lent stocks, this could result in a financial loss, which the borrower owes you, but may not be able to repay is the thing left unsaid there. So it's very, uh, I'm not saying there's anything bad with lending out your stocks because tankers, just for your information, what that means is they're lending them out so that people can short them which basically means that you're letting your stocks be given to people to bet the other side of the transaction to you if you're long. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Like short selling has a place in the market. It helps regulate and make capital markets more efficient. Yeah, it keeps it healthy. However, and, and also there's no there's no guarantee that short sellers are right. You know, like if, you, if you're wrong, if you're right- plenty and, of them lose against Mr. Elon. That's right. If, you're, if you've got strong conviction in your thesis, then you could be earning extra money on your positions. But- if I just give you an example with a broker that I use, Interactive Brokers, they also offer this service, but you opt in and they're completely transparent about the rates that are available for each individual stock. And you can choose which stocks you want to lend out and which ones you don't. Because I think they also provide short information about how much of the stock is shorted already. So you can make a very, very, yeah. um, you know, a decision based on information. It's spot on, Brad. They're super transparent. You can make the best informed decision. And obviously when... Um, we're in a bear market like this. So certain stocks are in much higher demand for shorting, which means you'll get a much, much higher rate um, paid out to you. So yeah, just, just some issues I see there so comparatively. If you've let them out that period, is that maybe you not to be able to sell them during that time frame they're lent out? Or you can, no, you, sell can still, on, you can sell them on market if there's another buyer on the other end of the side? On the other you, side. You're still allowed to sell them. Um, yeah. You... you you will not receive your dividends once they're lent out. So you'll have to, if you want, if you do choose to lend them out, you'll need to like, you know, a couple of days before the dividend payment, bring them back home to get the dividend and then you can re-lend them out. Um, uh, you don't have, you don't have voting rights once they're lent out. Mm. So there's a few different, there's a few little nuances. I think just also take into consideration that the person borrowing them is going to be selling them, right? With the, yeah. with the, with the idea the price is going to go down they're going to buy them at a lower price and then give it back right and so that's, that's, that's where how they make their money right short selling i just wanted to kind of during a bear market right when there's already cost pressures on that <laughs> on that stock just take into account the psychological side of let's just say you hold a big position that is i mean you know on the overall capital um i guess the market 
uh, what, what word am I trying to figure out here, Arnie? The capitalization of a stock, for instance, yeah. might be 30 billion and you might only own 10,000. So if they sold their 10,000, you know, it's not that much cost pressure. But, um, you know, if there is a lot of uh, shorting occurring on an equity and more and more and more is growing, just be aware of the psychological side of that, which is, you know, there is fear out there in the market. Um, there is margin loans that get hit. Um, the more they borrow, the more they hit, they can hit margin loans and the rest of it. So just, just take in... It's, I'd say yeah. that it's for the informed investor. Don't just uh, opt in for the sake of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I'll, and just to give further colour to what Brad's saying, there are um, examples, you know, littered throughout history since, since shorting has been a thing where that selling pressure that Brad's describing is almost an intended um, outcome from the mm. short sellers. They want to force selling to make a stock go to zero and then have to declare bankruptcy and be a going concern because then they maximise their short profit. And it's, it's something that's not allowed uh, in practice. Like it's, I think it's illegal, but it still occurs. So I'll give you an example, like non-equity related, right? One that's happening at the moment. It's, it's trying to get proven through the blockchain, but um, there was SBF FTX. FTX is a uh, an exchange, one of the big ones, um, and the guy that started FTX was um, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. So he's a billionaire crypto guy, and Basically, it's out there at the moment that an FTX is supposed to be like trying to drive the industry forward um, as an exchange and Belizean crypto and all the rest of it. Um, uh, it's coming back and looking likely that they're the ones that actually triggered uh, basically the BT enough BTC sales themselves to actually trigger like Celsius, for instance, and bring down some people within the industry for profit. And so there is another side to, sh to shorting and the rest of it. Not supposed to, like Arnie said, but um, yeah, I mean, human greed does take yeah. over um, good uh, good good rapid fire that one turned into medium medium fire that last one but sorry topic, i got one more news to, to add to it though hey, topic to expand on what are you my got? funny one for the week oh yeah so uh my funny uh funny news one that i came across this week was uh, uh the real estate market in china is coming to the news cycle a little bit this week with uh a number of the big developers in a bit of trouble but uh central china real and the obviously the ccp coming out to banks and uh informing them that they should start lending money to developers on property mm -hmm. um so central china real estate the largest developer in central province of henan and let me just have a look at the population of henan everybody real time on the pod uh four times australia's population so 100 mil oh, 100 wow. million people in henan so the biggest real estate company in uh sorry large developer in the henan province said recently in an advertisement this week it will accept down payments of wheat for houses in uh, in the province. That was posted to the company's official WeChat account this week. Buyers can use grain to offset as much as 24,000 USD of their down payment. The new homes the company is offering sell for between 100 to 150,000 US dollars. So it's like one fifth of the, the property in wheat. Um, wheat isn't the only pantry staple that is part of the developer's promotion campaign. In a separate ad last month, they're willing to accept garlic as a down payment. So uh, we're moving <laughs> playing, back. Playing that wheat and garlic market. We're moving, yeah. <laughs> they're obviously looking at the uh, inflation numbers around wheat and garlic and realising so they can get some Russia-Ukraine conflict, if that keeps arbitrage, going, maybe arbitrage. it's really help. Yeah, oh my God, man. Garlic right. is delicious. We're moving back to a bartering garlic. system, people. Bartering is coming back. <laughs> Commodities. Here Commodities. We go. Love it, love it. So, uh, good yeah, that's, good uh, rapid fire. Uh, last rapid fire for me. I love that one. That was really good. Um, any more of those tidbits next week would be well appreciated on the pod. Thanks. Um, New South Wales. Uh, yeah, quick one. Uh, stamp duty. So New South Wales uh, has come to a change of their stamp duty 
Um, stamp duty happens when you buy a house. It's a large lumpy asset or large lumpy payment that you have to make to that state for buying a property, which is there's always been a very unfriendly <sighs> tax in terms of people don't I think it's a clunky tax. It stops transaction and market movement, which I, I agree with. Um, they've come to say that for first time buyers initially, they're going to offer a, a, a payment over a period of time through, I believe it's through like a land tax where they're going to spread that stamps, st have the option to spread the stamp duty out over a period rather than pay it as a as a lump sum. So that's uh, an interesting one to keep an eye on and see which other states follow suit in regards to that and how that works. Um, it's interesting. I believe, yeah, I believe the history of stamp duty came in years ago, I think in the 90s as a, like a one-off, quote-unquote one-off year payment for, <laughs> to help with some state taxes and that just happened to stay in place and they've never got rid of it. And yeah, it is a, a lumpy one. Interesting. Well, cool. that's that's a bloody good pod, boys. So we got a we got a couple of like a 50 50 and money in the tank original 50 50 here, boys. So we have a 33 30, 30, 30, 30. We have a 33. We have a third. It's a third, 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 yeah. Third, we don't third. have a 50 50, mate. It's petrol, hybrid, hybrid. electricity. Electric. Oh, sorry. I see. So we're including hybrid. Okay. Mm. So well, that, that's how so, so for the tankers, we're gonna, <coughs> we're, this week we're saying, would you prefer to own currently a, yeah, a petrol car? Yeah, if you're going to go buy a new car or a hybrid. Or a, yeah, and it's topical because I'm in the process of buying a new car. So you guys go first, and I'll. I'll Didn't you out. just buy a new car, Annie? Well, yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 awaiting delivery, so I have completed the process. It's just the cars. And you've gone delivery time. And you've gone you've gone petrol, which I think. Oh, you've given away my. my you've given away the answer. I don't know if you've preferred that. That's the car you've bought. Oh, but yeah, I don't okay. know if your preference is that. But, I, I but just, I'm saying, I like, if you're going to go Uncle, buy a car today, I mean, I was say to... Uncle Elon would be very disappointed in you, mate, not supporting. Unofficial friend of the pod would be like, he'd be disappointed. I'll start then. I'll start with my story. So yeah, my wife and I have just got a new car. We got the Kia Sportage and delivery. Brad, for your information, we're expecting it to be the 9th of September, so not as bad as we had been told. You know, we've been told still it could crazy. be like nine months. Oh, it's a long time still. Um, and then I guess my preference would be if I could, I would like an EV. However, the things that have kept me out of the EV market at the moment, I think I don't know if the infrastructure is as good as I would like it. And two, EVs are way more expensive than petrol cars, yep. so it's just a it's just a uh, a nuance and yeah the first new car i've ever owned and i'm doing it through the leasing uh, system at work so oh, cool. you boys cool. you, uh, i'd go hybrid given yeah the, the infrastructure in australia is not up to scratch um given yeah the government probably hasn't come out to support ev as much yet with its increased taxes and whatnot it does on that so and i don't know is there do you guys know if the evs are more expensive here in particular because of mm. particular taxes or is it like that around the world uh, uh, hybrids hybrids are actually not that much more expensive no, EVs, no, no. Yeah, EVs, evs are yeah. so evs generally uh, hence my reason for, hence my reason for i mean hybrids. what's the luxury car tax in australia these days i can't remember what the actual limit Come is, on, but it's around, specialist? What is uh, it? i don't deal with that side of tax but i think it's around 80 maybe maybe a little bit more than that i can't remember uh so sixty nine thousand. Oh, is it okay yeah so i mean a lot of evs due to uh the prices of like nickel and and lithium and the rest of it are above that, and so they instantly get slot slotted with the thirty three percent luxury car time tax. Time. So they go they go from they go from seventy to one hundred really quickly. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. They really really quickly. Um, and so the price point for me, um, if I was buying one right now, it would be hybrid. Yeah, hundred percent. See, you know, the, just tidbit: the reason that kept we got kept out of the hybrid market is the lead times on hybrids, like something like the Rav Four, twenty four months know. wait. Okay, well, so twenty four uh, months wait. So herein lies the uh, maybe the answer is popular for everyone. The uh, the the EV uh, sorry the uh, hybrid model would be the answer for all the tankers out there. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I had to get a car this year, so I got back from the US, and yeah. I was looking at um, the new Kia EV and the new, uh, not Tesla, Elon would be un- very unhappy with me. I was looking <laughs> at both two different types of EVs. The Ionic, um, you look at that one? Uh, no, the EV6 and the, what was the other one I was looking at? Uh, my brain's gone today. Um, it, was, it was a good seven months ago, so it's outside of my brain now. Um, one For one was the price point, and for two was the infrastructure. Um, and so I went petrol yeah. uh, this year. Um, and I would go petrol again if the lead time on hybrids was anything I'm not, over I'm not waiting months. two years, man. I'm not no, waiting two years. I mean, long. I recently bought, uh, like this week we bought like a rug and a, <laughs> a like a shelving for the walls. And it's coming in October. And I'm just, this is just ludicrous. So, we might have to keep, car, keep the keep the listeners updated on Brad's lead times with his rug and uh, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, to see mate, keep the journey. Keep keep. And it then up I rang up to cancel. Up the journey, I rang up to cancel, and they said there's going to be a twenty percent restocking fee. Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. You haven't even haven't even taken off the shelf yet. You haven't even you got it from China yet. So what's happening? Oh, anyway, nice. so uh, yeah, and since we don't manufacture cars in Australia, um, yeah. So lead times, big one. There you go. Petrol. Good, good. Let us know what you think, listeners. Um, great to uh, great to be on today with you guys. And where can the listeners get at us with any further 50-50s or Q&As for next week's pod? Yeah, at Mania Tank on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So thanks very much, tankers. I did have a question for the tankers. Oh, yeah, go. Yeah. Um, would the tankers, I mean, a lot of my, I guess, experience and knowledge has been around uh private business startups etc um and just if they're and there's some people with side hustles and startups and the rest of it all interested in the startups would they be interested so please please send a comment or a message to be interested if uh just add any information relating to startups into this pod um because yeah. i don't you know i don't want to just add it for the sake of it but if there's, oh. some pe- if there's some tankers out there that actually find that stuff interesting uh don't mind slipping in uh, the occasional bit of startup news and, and what's happening in capital markets and stuff like that. If you go back a few pods, Jolly and I interviewed Gabby, uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. And uh, and it was the most watched pod. It was, well, hey. apart from my PSDH ones. Except which, for which yours, eight to 10 minute um, ones. Yep. But the, uh, but yeah, but the, but the, but the Gabby one was very well received. So I think, yeah, not, we're not going to speak for the tankers. Please let us know, but I think we could definitely yeah, go more into that space for sure. Right. So we what can talk guys. about whatever, whatever you guys need. <laughs> good, good chat, gents. Catch you next week. Catch your thoughts. See ya. Bye. See you, boys. Yeah.